Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Murder Board Podcast. This is Civil Trials, the discussion show for the Murder Board Podcast. I am your host, Walter, and tonight I am here with Shelton. Hello. Zaria. Yo. Solo. What's up, y'all? And Javon. Yo. Welcome back, Javon, and welcome back, everybody. Thanks, man. Yeah, and tonight we will be discussing Christine from 1983. So if you haven't seen this movie, this is your spoiler warning. And if you have, I hope you enjoy our little show here. Everybody, I just want to take this moment to say that um, this is our 100th episode. Just to clarify, this is our 100th like released episode, like out of everything we've done on here. So like going all the way back to the first episode I put out to like now, it's been 100 episodes, which for some reason spanned over two years. <laughs> um... And I think that's pretty cool. I I can't, honestly cannot believe it. I keep recounting because I feel like we are we didn't do as much, but it it feels weird to have done 100 episodes of this podcast here cuz I definitely didn't think I would ever have something like this to be to be going on this long. Um so one number one, thank you guys for listening. I genuinely mean it. I know people out there who have listened. I know we've got some new listeners coming in. And I, I genuinely appreciate it. I just hope you guys are enjoying what we are putting out and what we talk about and the movie stuff and other stuff we've done in the past and stuff we've got coming up. This is just uh you know, this is just an one of those I mean, I feel like this honestly could just be another amateur podcast out there with people spilling their opinions but for some reason it feels a lot more than that and to have done a hundred episodes so far is really good um i keep like differentiating it because we're gonna have another more bigger 100th episode because technically um this august august will in the middle of august we will have our 100th civil trials episode so that meaning that we would have done a hundred movie reviews. So that one would be a lot more specific. That one would be more of just like we have legit done a hundred movies on here. And that is also an amazing feat. But for right now, I think just to kind of cross this first threshold of just having a whole podcast feed of a hundred episodes, meaning like a good mix of stories and just most of it being movie stuff of different you know genres and conversation and varying degrees of recommends and shelton just either complaining or really really being excited about something or zarya being <laughs> confused or less confused and me and uh solo being i feel like me and solo are the ones that really bring on the the knowledgeable monologues on the podcast here like we always <laughs> which i absolutely love how we both kind of share that whole like oh no this is how this works and it's just, and, and you know, shout out to everybody who's been on the podcast for this long. You know, um, it did start with Shelton, Savannah, uh, Chris, and it kind of sp- was just us three for a minute. Javon joined in as well. And then Zarya came in, and then Solo, Jeanette, Hector. That was a whole thing. And now we have Roderick. Um, we've got Gavin. We've got Alex. We've got Xander and a few more people coming up. So this is this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. I'm going to stop talking now because I'm really getting nervous. But um, <laughs> I'm going to spill it off to you guys. Or I'm going to pass it off. Wait, what's a driving term I can use? I'm going to... What is it? What does a car do? What does a car do? I'm going to... Uh, you going to make a touchdown? 
It does, in fact, drive. <laughs> <laughs> it moves. <laughs> it has wheels. That turn. I, I want to come up with a car pun, but fuck, I, I can't think of it. There is a saying that people like to say, um, let Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Oh, we'll, do, we'll do that one. Uh, I'm going to let Jesus take the wheel on this one and pass it off to you guys. Um, I want to start with Shelton, since you've been here the longest this, um, with me. Well, how does it feel to have done 100 episodes of a podcast? Kind of weird didn't really think too much about it and now knowing that we've done like a hundred fucking recordings and podcasts and all that nice shit it just kind of feels like where'd where'd the time go (laughs) you know yeah i don't know it's just it's really weird yeah, it's the same feeling I had. Like, you know, one moment I was just like, hey, Shilton, you're going to do this with me. Didn't really ask him. I was just like, hey, you're going to do this with me. He's like, all right, just tell me what time. And we were just, what did we talk about? Uh, Rick and Morty, I think it was the episode you joined on for the first time. We talked about I, Rick and Morty. Yeah. And then from there, we just kind of kept, well, I know from there we were experimenting a lot at the beginning. It was like, what should the, the thing, the whole thing of the podcast should be? And I knew at some point. I really wanted to focus on specific movies and TV shows, but if you go back to those early episodes, we were just kind of like, eh, let's just see if this works. Um, <laughs> and I am going to go in order here. So, Javon, first of all, welcome to season four. You've pretty much missed half the season, but it's nice to have you back. Damn, that was a, like a, a slap in the face introduction. I feel Will Smith. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Drag him. <laughs> But um, how does it? Thank. He's like, what? Welcome, bitch. Welcome <laughs> back. If you haven't been here. No, it's okay. You, you're a busy person. We under. All right, we understand. <laughs> um, what was my question? Okay. Uh, how does it feel to be a part of a podcast that has that now has a hundred episodes? Wow, because it just means that it just means that like there's been a lot of time invested in this. You know, yeah. like a lot of time investing in it, and then as we think back, like, well, m- mainly y'all, y'all, because y'all done more than I have. But when y'all think back, like, you know, as, as everybody gets older and shit like that, and everybody works their jobs and lives their lives, like y'all did this together. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really many things people do together anymore, like fully. You know, and, and it's only like stuff like this that people do together. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, when I Plus, think it, it makes oh, me watch like retarded movies. <laughs> oh, I was just about to say. I was just about to say. And some of my favorite episodes that we listen to are the ones that have Javon in them. Bully is a classic. Our still our most popular <laughs> oh, episode. Um, still our most popular episode. But also Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> that is a very funny episode. All of our impressions. Hey, that, that shit was wild. Yes. That was pretty funny. Um, Spree is another one. Is a twofer with me yeah. and Ravon's. Yes. Uh, oh, my God. That movie was so great. Yes. I'm telling you, we got to get people to watch that movie more. Um, it's kind of gotten an uptick because of uh, Stranger Things that came out, but people are revisiting that movie now. So it's nice to see that. Um, I'm trying to think of more. Javon, you've, you've been on quite a few. Uh as I have, I'm just I'm just drawing a blank. I know uh, Zodiac is another one with me, you, and Shelton. Uh, that whole yeah, that was a good. 
that was a nice debate as <laughs> of us trying to figure out who the Zodiac Killer is. And it was funny is that like a year after we posted an episode, they were like, oh, yeah, we found out who the Zodiac Killer is now. Yeah. And it's not Wait, Ted who Cruz. Is this? Some random white guy. <laughs> you know, How did they find out? Um, how did they? They like did some like what retracing of DNA or like they they did something with the it wasn't even a cipher. It was just like. It was like we started off as we found another cipher, but we can't did like we can't or did they solve another one? I don't know. Either they found one or they solved it and then a couple months after they were like, "Oh yeah, we had, we're pretty sure it was this person." But, you know, it was just some some white dude as y- as you do. <laughs> um but yeah. Well. Uh, that nigga had a whole life. <laughs> yeah, he's he's dead and gone right now. Yeah. <laughs> He had a whole enjoyable, happy life. That's the way um, to do killing it. Niggas. Get away with it. Zarya, we'll go to you. How does it feel to be a part of something that's done a l- 11? That's done 100 episodes. <laughs> that's done at 11. <laughs> that's done. At- We've never been done at 11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Ever, ever, ever. We've never been done at 11. But, um,. It's been fun. Like Javon said, it's this is this has made me seen some crazy movies that I've never thought I would see. You're never <laughs> the one I would never forgive you for is Black Christmas, but True. What the fuck is Black Christmas? Don't worry about it. You're fine. No wait. And Walter. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll tell you. Oh, God, well, yeah, please tell me about that. Yes. Um, my life. One of my favorites. <laughs> but no, it's been fun. Uh, I enjoyed it. I didn't think I was... Honestly, after like um, that one, that my very first true crime episode, I didn't think I was going to come back. Cause I'm like, I thought I was just like, okay, this was cool. They don't want me back. And oh, then yeah. now here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer. Man, that was a fun one. <laughs> I was like, hey, sorry, you wanna you wanna do one more favor for me? And she was like, Yeah. <laughs> and now look at us. Um yeah, another Zarya, I think you also have an your episodes are special to me just because your your opinions are so unpredictable, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> there there's uh, if you listen to it and I know like if you like really go back and listen to the episodes with just me and Zarya, we're usually on the same page, but whenever someone else is on with us, for some reason we don't really disagree yet we keep the same like happy tone. Like it's it's so funny, <laughs> it's so odd to me. Like you know, <laughs> You know, um, the first one that does come to mind is Creep, a movie we all talked about, thanks to Shelton. But, <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's like we were all on the same page, and it was all just like, yeah. But this, like, Shelton likes it because it's bad. Zarya was just kind of like, eh, I don't like this at all, and I was just really frustrated for so, like, so it was just really weird. <laughs> um, I always go back to Silent Hill because of just how <laughs> Zarya was like, yeah, um. I didn't like this movie at all. <laughs> but then, yeah, there's been some great ones. You, one of our, another one of our most popular episodes. Oh man, Zarya did a really good job on you. Um, Children of the Corn is another good one, underrated episode, I should say. But me and her really went in on the Thanksgiving fun. theme. Yeah, that was fun. Just to to say, by the way, you know, a little, little note. Um, there is a creep too. 
And I, I have saw. not seen it yet. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet either. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, we'll think about it. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I'll put- Regardless, we need to watch it, even if it's not for the podcast. I feel like now we're a bit committed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Next time we all yeah. get together, for some reason, we're just going to be watching Creep 2. It couldn't possibly be worse, right? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> <That'll> be better. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not even. I'm not even gonna worry about it. Not even gonna worry about it. If we watch it, we watch it. That's how I feel about it. Um. Okay. So, uh, moving along. Solo. One of our, not even the newest. You're like a veteran at this point. But how does how does it feel to be a part of the podcast for um 100 episodes? I didn't even know it was that many. It, like when you said a hundred, I was like, "What?" <laughs> I didn't even know it'd been that many episodes already. Like that's it's kind of baffling. It's like, whoa. Exactly. <laughs> um. So Solo, you're kind of a special case here because you started on the the stories. You were you're with the the murder train story. So it was funny. You ate you and Hector and Chinette all kind of like joined on that part and then jumped over to the movie episodes. So that I, I think that's a pretty unique thing there that um you know y'all were just kind of like, "Yeah, we'll, we'll do it." And then after that, we we took a I think we took like a massive break after that story and then we jumped back into movies. And I was just like, "Well, you know what? Let's just throw Solo and Chinette and Hector in." Um, yeah, I was very honored to, to to be a part of the beginning, and then being able to transition over to the movies and the actual podcast. That was, that was pretty. That's pretty dope. Appreciate it. Yeah, like I said, um, re-listening to all some of our most popular episodes, Solo is definitely. Again, I always call him the most like quick-witted, but also the very like knowledgeable one. But um. Uh, yeah, also, you, you seem to have, like, the most bloopers out of all of us, for <laughs> which is hilarious to me. Um, some episodes that I absolutely loved. I do like how um, I really listened to Spider-Man. That was a really good episode with Solo in it. and it, It's just really cool. Um, I'm trying to think. There was one I had in mind specifically that I was trying to remember what, that you were on. But any episodes that you can remember that you've done? Porno episode was... That's it. I like Oh man, porno was <laughs> porno was great. Porno was great. Another underrated one. Yes, that's it's such it's one of the hardest movies to find. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking it up, it's one of the hardest movies to try and find. Yeah, you got to be very without getting, the, without getting the results that you know you would come across from looking that up. For real, you got to be very specific on that. I will say that my favorite like solo moment was uh, when we were doing um, the reading and he was impersonating Shelton and everyone was like, that is a really good Shelton. (laughs) (laughs) And then he saw what was like, watch, uh, watch Shelton's going to come in and be like, hello guys or hello. (laughs) Not even five minutes later in the middle of reading, here goes Shelton. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle too. That shit was hilarious. Drunk as hell, just like texted me while we're recording. I'ma join, I'ma join. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, um just looking at some more episodes here. Uh Solo was there for our um kind of like 
go diving into uh elevated horror with uh midsummer 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 which is a another good conversation about relationships and how um really particularly with Jeanette and solo well, all they had to say on that episode is really really worth listening to also um new mutants we'll never forget new mutants and how oh, angry i was <laughs> and how me and solo were really upset about the bear situation going on in that movie and yeah there's just there's there's yeah. really a lot once you put into perspective a 100 is a lot of episodes but yes porno is <coughs> definitely up there and fantastic four as well i just looking i'm just looking at the list now um but yeah so congratulations everybody a hundred episodes wild oh alpha dog is another one alpha dog is one that makes me like not cry but it puts me in a bad mood <laughs> sorry to anyone who listens to that episode <laughs> but um it's a really sad story <laughs> but um alpha dog is really good shout out to hector on that one um i i i, I feel like i sh- i shouldn't bring this up but shelton blood rage mm. <laughs> that's all we need <laughs> and then yes yeah, scooby-doo is another good one who framed roger rabbit with both sheldon and zarya start of season three we'll never forget that one either uh <laughs> zarya friday the 13th <laughs> need i remind you or it's like as like um as we like to call it nightmare at clown camp because that's kind of how that played out we've done a lot we've done a lot we've done a lot thank you guys for continuing to do this and having done this because again this was like this was for me this was like a one and done i did this for one random halloween was like ooh, there here's this app that's really cool and i could just write a story out and record it and post it and not think about it ever again but then uh 2020 happened and i realized that um not only did 2020 happen but also the black lives matter type stuff happened and uh I I just, you know, put out the I ended up keeping the podcast at that point and was like, well, I'm not going to delete it, but what can I make out of it? And so 2020 happened and I posted it on Twitter. And then and next thing I know, just a whole lot of just like listenership kind of came out of that. And so from there, we started posting new episodes and boom, we got our little small audience here. And now we're here. Um, Longer intro than ever. So we are going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with some more things and as well as our main movie here Christine hey come on now, I want you to see this I want you to see this this is this is great alignment you just don't see this anymore I mean don't be scared For you, man, for what's happened to you. It's this fucking car. I know you're jealous. We'll always be friends as long as you stick with me. And you know what happens to shooters who don't. No, what does happen? Well, let's not kid each other, Dennis. Who are the shitters? All of them. Lee's on your side. She cares a lot about you. (laughs) She does. Yeah. 
Hey, don't you like this beer? I thought you like beer. Do you hear what I just said? Let me tell you a little something about love, Dennis. It has voracious appetite. It eats everything. Friendship, family. It kills me how much it eats. But I'll tell you something else. You feed it right, and it can be a beautiful thing, and that's what we have. You know, when someone believes in you, man, you can do anything, any fucking thing in the entire universe. And when you believe right back in that someone, then watch out, world, because nobody can stop you, then nobody, ever. And you feel this way about Lee. <laughs> what? Fuck no. Talking about Christine, man. No shitter ever came between me and Christine. Now you watch this. Nothing finer than being behind the wheel of your own car. Except me, you'd be for pussy. So we're back, and uh, here are some quick facts about Christine. It was released December 9th of 1983, directed by John Carpenter. Screenplay by Bill Phillips, based on the 1983 novel Christine by Stephen King. The film stars Keith Gordon, John Stockwell, Alexandra Paul, Robert Proskley, and the late Harry Dean Stanton. And the plot goes as such. Unpopular nerd Arnie Cunningham buys a 1958 Plymouth Fury, which he names Christine. Arnie develops an unhealthy obsession with the car, alarming his jock friend Dennis. These names. After being bullied by Buddy Ripperton and defacing uh, Christine, the auto restores itself to a perfect condition and begins killing off Buddy and his friends. Determined to stop the death, Dennis and Arnie's girlfriend, Lee, decide to destroy Christine for good. The budget for the film is $10 million and the box office was $21 million. And just some little bonus Dang. things here. Yeah, it, is is that good? Ten million to twenty-one. Ninety-three. Ten million dollars. <laughs> oh yeah. That movie was ten million. Yeah. In nineteen eighty-three. Let's focus on nineteen eighty-three, my nigga. In nineteen eighty-three, ten million dollars. In our time nowadays, that would be like a, you know, a five hundred million dollar deal or some shit like that. True. But also, like, 1983, um, Stephen King was not too big of a name at this point. Like, this is, he's gotten a few adaptations, um, but this, one, this is the 16th book, and two, I don't think this is this, obviously not the 16th adaptation, but, like, it's still pretty early. Like, he's not the golden boy yet. Like, yeah, he had The Shining three years earlier than this, and then Carrie, and then I think Salem's Lot, and that's about it. But, um... I mean, there's a few others, but that's three successes, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's a track record. I don't, I don't think Salem, <laughs> Salem's Lot was as big as thought, and uh, The Shining was big, and uh, Carrie was also big. So yeah, yeah, three successes and those books and everything. So yeah, also John Carpenter. Uh, this is him right after The Thing. Um, and if we go back to that episode, the thing was a, a failure that year, the year it came out. So John yeah. Carpenter was not in the best headspace for this movie. 
Um, but I explain it all here. So, um, little bonus fact here: the movie was in production before the book came out. Like, they both came out the same year, but um, right before the book was officially published, Stephen King sold the film rights to the producer who produced the the Salem Slot TV show, uh, TV miniseries, and so he was so impressed with that that he decided to just give him the film rights to this one. Um, but like I said, John Carpenter was coming right off of the thing, which was a box office failure and was panned by critics. Um, and so he was originally going to focus on his other project, Firestarter, but it kept getting delayed. So he ended up taking Christine, but he considered it as just another job. So he wasn't really his heart wasn't in wasn't in this one. And I feel like you could feel it. But um, it doesn't have a lot of the oomph that John Carpenter usually brings to a movie. But um, I find the most interesting, the the most interesting thing is the fact that he was doing Firestarter and it just never got made. Uh, if you ever want to like dive into those unmade movies type things, that is definitely one to look into because he had a really cool idea for it. Um, but, you know, the, the Drew Barrymore one is a classic. Um, in June 2021, though, Sony Pictures and Blumhouse Pictures announced development on a remake with Brian Fuller set to write and direct and i hope this is still in production i haven't heard anything about it but i would love to see a remake of this movie and i would love for it to be brian fuller because i love this guy he's produced two of my favorite episode or episode two of my he's produced uh, and created two of my favorite tv shows of all time hannibal being one of them and then uh, american gods being the one of the most recent um people also may remember his other show pushing daisies which is um about a pie maker who can bring people back to life or not and whatnot. Um, so I hope this is still happening. Um, I feel like he, he could bring a really cool uh, tone to it. Maybe draw a little bit more from the book um, for, I did read most of the book for this podcast. Unlike the, the mist, I didn't finish it. It's a very long book, but um, I, I kind of just cliff notes what else happened at the end <laughs> to, to compare and contrast later on. Um, and just to bring some stuff in from the book, uh, well, my main question here is, uh, for you guys watching the movie, just to kind of jump off here, um, did, did you under, did, did you think Christine is, uh, was possessed or do you think it was just an evil car? No, it was possessed, my G. The only reason I say possessed is because it would kind of like embed itself in like a host. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it was possessed. Um, like, yeah, basically what Javon said. He kind of like took what I was gonna say. At the same time, though, it did it did do everything without a host. Or did it? Uh, we'll get into did that. It, no. um, it's like, was it attached to the person or the like the vehicle? Yeah, this is you where know? we this is where we get into similar ideas that John Carpenter had with the thing, where everything's kind of more ethereal. But um, there the book does. Give the I think the main difference between the book and the movie is that um, the styles and the way they decide to tell the story with Stephen King. If you know his books, he likes to he likes his mystery, but he also likes to explain everything. And so Stephen King explains everything you need, while John Carpenter really likes to play with ambiguity. If you know Halloween is all about ambiguity, the thing is all about malleable ambiguity and this movie is also about ambiguity and the way he approaches it so i just wanted to say like in the novel 
Christine is revealed um, to be pos- a, a possessed car, and she's possessed by the former owner, which was a violent man, a violent man named Roland D. LeBay. Um, and Christine's new owner, Arnie, uh, begins to take on many of the characteristics of him as he's becoming possessed. Um, I'll, I'll explain a little more, but oh, I'll explain when we get into the movie. But uh, it, it's interesting how they decide to go about it. But I feel like that's an important thing to dis- important distinction to make right up top that between the book and the movie it's very clear that book Christine is possessed while I think in the movie they really want you to think like this car is just evil for evil's sake but there's still yeah. something about it yeah it's, it's pretty interesting they kill a black guy in the beginning for no reason at all <laughs> that is true yes yeah they did kill the Negro. no reason at all he didn't even ask like on her it was plastic <laughs> it was still well yeah I guess that makes sense. I don't know what parts of a car is considered it though. That's weird. Well, no, that plastic, say, that plastic piece was a cover because it was new. It's still got smoke all in on the inside now. Yeah, just because ash ain't in there. Them niggas was eating Smoking lead in the car paint without permission. Yeah, they had lead lead in the paint in the walls. Them niggas was dying for stupid shit. It wasn't because of those cigarette smoke. Please, yeah. no one really. <laughs> cared about health they were just doing things yep the 70s we've discussed that in black christmas how anything kind of goes <laughs> <laughs> it's like they didn't know what was right or wrong they really didn't because <laughs> like <laughs> half of these kids should not be in high school <laughs> just looking at them i'm like okay you got held back and you got held back and you definitely got held back with half of the characters in this movie um, and and the bully, the bully like a fucking grown ass man. <laughs> yeah, he really did. But he probably was. He was just mad at the world because he can't finish high school. Yeah, I was like, go home, go home to your kids. <laughs> if you know the Stephen King universe, there is a plethora of connections and multiverse stuff. Uh, Christine does have a few connections. I don't know all of them, but the, the and a lot of them are kind of minor. Uh, basically, the car just kind of shows up in different places and you know someone's driving it but the main the main actual connection is that um (laughs) i think this is really cool though um christine does pop up in the book version of it um in it a manifestation of the dead uh belch huggins is driving uh the red and white 1958 plymouth fury uh, if you remember Belch, he is the, I think he's the fat one, but he's a part of Henry Bowers' gang, like the, the part of the, yeah. yeah, he's, I think he's the, the bigger one, but essentially I want to say it's either, I think it's he both in the, the first, one. yeah, in both the first and second half, he shows up, I think specifically in the second half, he's the one that, uh, drives in the movie. It's Patrick. I know that for sure, but he's the one driving the car in the book to pick up Henry out of the uh, insane asylum. Or the the hospital, quote unquote. But in the movie, they make it Patrick Hoxtetter because bigger actor. But um, in the, in the book, he is driving Christine, which is a pretty cool reference. And I just love Henry Bowers and the Henry Bowers gang. If you if you ever listen to my thoughts on it, that is book movie. They're usually my favorite parts of it, just because how evil and how <laughs> just how evil they are for no reason. Um, last little thing here, which is should be a little fun fact. 
like the definition of a fun fact because you can't have a movie without any connection to Kevin Bacon, right? For some reason, <laughs> Kevin Bacon was supposed to star in this movie and he almost got close and just days before filming, he dropped out because he got footloose. I think it's pretty funny. One, because we all have our own little personal connection to Footloose, but just imagine being John Carpenter. You're about to do this movie with this famous actor who's like, or at least rising actor, and then he comes to tell you and say, yeah, you know what? Um, I'm going to drop out of this car movie and go dance instead. But uh, see, uh, I just think that's pretty funny how he was just like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Screw, screw the car. But, you know, hey, this is how it goes. Uh, Kevin Bacon is apparently attached to everything if you look into his history. Last thing I want to talk about before we go to our next break and get into the actual movie. It's just the vibe of this movie is really cool to me. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, it's just that, one, I'm not a car person, but I know some people are. Most people are. But um, I do like when cars are in movies, if that makes sense. Like, if they're not necessarily the plot, but if they're kind of sort of like good accessories to the movie or like really focused so like on. So see so you like Knight Rider. Yeah. Like something like that vibe, like that, you know, Knight Rider. I was thinking more of like, <laughs> I wrote a list here, obviously, but like, um, first of all, car movies were like very popular in the seventies, but, uh, you know, American graffiti from 1973, Greece from 78. But I also think about like the best part of the first Transformers movie is the whole connection between the character Shia LaBeouf plays and Bumblebee in that first like 45 minutes before they start, you know, pelling, doing the whole robot thing. It's just like, you know, Bernie Mac is telling him to, you know, pick a car and, you know, you get that little you get that good period of movie where it's just Shia LaBeouf connecting with this car and trying to get Megan Fox like I think that's some of the best parts of that movie but um Baby Driver as well kind of has the same kind of vibe with cool car chases and everything but essentially I'm saying it's just like that that like I don't know what it's called but it's like that nice like 50s kind of vibe oldie kind of thing going on um there's another movie with Timothy Chalamet called a hot summer night where he kind of does the same thing, except in that movie, he's driving a car and selling drugs and kind of gets wrapped up in that. I would also say, you know, it wouldn't be a podcast if I haven't mentioned Riverdale, but seasons one to three kind of have the same vibe. The latest seasons kind of moved away from that whole retroness and have gone more supernatural. But those earlier seasons definitely played into the whole this is a, you know, it's modern day, but it's also like 1950s. A hey, man, we're going to race cars and you know do pop rocks and drink a milkshake and eat a burger type of like that whole type of vibe here is it's the same kind of vibe i get from this movie and i absolutely love it. i don't know if you guys feel the same way but that's just what i wanted to add at the end here i get i got both feeling from the movie and the book that's just like literally brought me into it i'm guessing no one got that <laughs> no <laughs> I didn't read the book at all. I wish I did. I would recommend it. Yeah, like I, I haven't finished it, but it, it's a, it's easily got me sucked in. It, I'll explain like the differences and everything, but um, it it sucked me in pretty quickly. It's just really long. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, just you know, nineteen fifties duop James Dean Rebel Without a Cause type vibe. Um, but this isn't the first time Stephen King has done a, a story about a car. Um, he did a story, a short story called Trucks that became Maximum Overdrive. 
which is if you've seen that movie, you know it's just a comet falls over Earth, and every device in existence decides to become a murderous machine, and it decides, and a bunch of trucks kind of like trap a bunch of people at a gas station and just kind of circle it like a pool of sharks for like two hours and some minutes. It's it's not a recommendable movie, but it's a fun movie to watch. Uh, Steven Spielberg's first movie was called Duel, which is about a guy versus a car. Um, it's not as fantastical. Like, there's someone on the other end of the car. Like, it's a, I think it's a serial killer, but like, look it up. It's great. Duel is great. I do recommend Duel. All right. That's all I got. Um, we're going to go ahead and take our last break, and then we're going to finally talk about Christine. She is seductive. She is passionate. She is possessive. She is pure. Evil. She is Christine. A 1958 Plymouth Fury. Possessed by hell. Her previous owner is not alive to warn her present one. Once she lures you behind the wheel, you will be hers, body and soul. There is no place you can hide, no place you can run, and nothing you can do can stop her. Because how do you kill something that can't possibly be alive? Christine. Body by Plymouth. Soul by Satan. <laughs> All right, we're back, and let's talk about Christine. Um, you know what, Javon? Since you're you're back from your hiatus here, you're gonna go first. Give us your overall thoughts Man. on Christine. The shade is real. <laughs> um man like it would he shaded you this whole episode i know yeah. i don't mean i'm yeah, not hey, I, it's back. not on purpose i'm just going with what comes out of my mouth it's just, i i He's like welcome it. back to your welcome shade. back you mark ass subconsciously upset <laughs> yeah. welcome back bitch ass look i thought i was being um, nice <laughs> 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 He's like, yeah, Walter's like, it's not mean. It's just, an, it's just a hint of shady. Yo, Walter's like, welcome back to the fifth episode. So Javon, now you can finally join us. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, God, okay. But um, as like the movie was good, man. It, you know, for I feel like those older movies that try to replicate. Um, so not only is the movie old but then the old movies trying to replicate an even older time i feel like it's sometimes it's cheesy you know what i mean yeah so in this movie i didn't feel like this was cheesy at all i feel like it had like a sense of realness with the bullies and like the knife um with them going and smashing up the car with him having to work to fix the car and then like uh you know like the girl stuff like you know that was the cool thing to do back in the day is like you know, try to see if you can get a girl to go to a dance or something like that. You know, niggas don't dance no more. Um, <laughs> so, but, you know, it's like none of it felt corny. It felt like this was really happening in some bullshit-ass tiny town in, you know, Texas or some shit. It's Pennsylvania, actually. Oh, fuck. That's <laughs> a whole nother 
area of the United States. I'm way off. My apologies, guys. That's cool. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Walt was busting my ass. <laughs> no, I thought it was. I, I learned that earlier as I was reading. I realized, wait a minute, this isn't in Maine. Because, you know, with Stephen King, it's usually Maine or just like outside of Maine somewhere. Was he just, just, you know, that nigga's weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, <laughs> it's weird. It's, it's genius. Yeah. He's weird. Oh yeah, he is Dark Tower. Not not necessarily for me. That's just too weird. But um, but yeah, I really like this movie. Um, um, crap. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> loading. <laughs> I I malfunction. You can you come back to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Solo. What about you? Uh, my over overall thoughts on this movie. <clears throat> I really liked because with a lot of like with with me with a lot of older movies it's it's hard to get like an actual like connection i guess you could say to the movie because i feel like for me like with a lot of older movies you can definitely tell like the acting like some some movies like the acting isn't i guess per se like as convincing to me um but I think it just goes with a lot of like dialogue and um and writing back then. This movie has some cheesy dialogue. Um <laughs> more particularly the bullies when it comes to that side, which is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Oh. Uh, but I felt a, a connection to this movie cuz like one I've been bu- bullied before. So I've like I've I understood his like his place. Uh seeing his car get fucked up, dude, that shit was like heartbreaking, man. Seeing how fucked up his car was and like those those bu- the bullies doing that shit, dude, that shit was heartbreaking cuz man, the amount of work that he had put into that car and then just like for anyone to let alone do that much damage to like completely total your car like that's that's insane especially like in nowadays like that's a shit ton of money like that was just uh, like insane especially like if that shit were to happen like now like the amount of money that someone were to like have to put into a car like that to restore it and for someone to total it dude that is that is an insane amount of like to do like that is drastic to do some bullshit like that to someone after you pulled a knife on them in school like you you gotta be fucked up in the head and stupid no wonder that motherfucker was a super senior (laughs) um it makes all the sense in the world (laughs) i love it i mean technically wouldn't like if we were to make the same movie nowadays what would the car be like a shitty ford taurus or something like that well, of you, it wouldn't nah, be a vintage. I mean, I feel like, a, a I feel like it wasn't still, like an old car in the movie. I think you could still do it. I don't. Mm, wh- it'd be like a, a 1988. Still, yeah, it could uh, be like a I think if if you made this movie I think today, it would, it would still have to be like a muscle car. I don't, I don't think you should change the car. I think if you make it today, you should keep it the yeah, same. I think it would, honestly, yeah, you could you could keep it That the would same be a little car. unrealistic because... It would you know, be. I don't know about you, but there are no junkyards 
with parts for that car sitting anywhere in the U.S. right now. Everybody thinks your bullshit is is worth gold. <laughs> well, my my thing is, I hope, and I hope this is right for the Fox body Mustang. You know what? Yeah, right. I was about to say, if you were to make it today, yeah. it would probably be an old Mustang. Or maybe yeah, a, or an old Charger. Yeah, I could see old Mustang. A Fox yeah. body Mustang would probably be the most realistic thing, because there's shit ton of junkyards that have a bunch of those things. Yeah, so shit, yeah. you can find them. Yeah, you can find those. But, and I was going to mention this later on, but, like, if you were, I hope for the remake, they just keep it in the 70s. Like, I think you should just make it a period piece and just, you know. Yeah. Because the movie and the book are similar, but all the deaths in this movie are either really trimmed down or changed because the car does some really insane. Yeah. They do some really insane stuff with the car in the book. Like the car goes through like (laughs) houses in the, like it just rams through some, a bunch of houses and kills people. Like, so, so they didn't have a lot of money to do all that, but I would say like make it a period piece. Or if you do have to change the car, pull a transformers and just update it. But, um, Think I want, if, if they do the remake, I don't think I want it in the seventies. Like it doesn't have to be like the the two thousand like twenties or whatever. Like it could be like early two thousands, but or like even the nineties. But I don't I don't think I want the remake to be in the seventies. I or like I, I uh, do. to me if it was in the early eighties, that would be cool. Like eighty five, eighty four. Eighties yeah. and nineties yeah. are pretty in as far as like pop culture goes. So that's there's that. I just feel like it, it shouldn't go too modern. Yeah, not too modern, but I don't I don't think it should stay like where it is. Yeah, but the seventies are so cool on film. So I would keep it in the seventies. At least like nah, no, nah, I would keep it in the seventies. If I were directing it and writing it, I would keep it in the seventies. Or I would try my best to do a Bates Motel Riverdale type thing where it's modern day, but it's a small town in the middle of whoever'sville, so you can make it modern, but also keep that same aesthetic. That's, I could take that. Yeah, I yeah, would do that. Cool. You know, everybody has at least an iPhone, like, 5, 6. iPhone 6. <laughs> I was going to say 8, but a 5 words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I don't know why it went so far back. Zarya, are you ready, or should we go to show I'm ready now. All right, go ahead. I did like the movie. I liked uh, how, even though it was like an 80s movie with a 70s setting, kind of like what Javon said, it wasn't like corny. But even the parts that were corny, I'm a sucker for corny. So I kind of like lived for it. <laughs> uh, the, with the bullies, like when they like when they did what they did, I was rooting for something to happen to them. But then when something happened to them, I was like, ooh, maybe not. I was kind of like sad a little bit. And um, but yeah, I just I just I like the movie. All right, all right. Uh, Shelton, huh? I was really surprised that they um, I didn't expect them to go the whole like cursed object route with it. I had no idea what it was going to be. I was thinking like monster car. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they did a very good job at keeping it like ominous and spooky, even though it is pretty much just, hey, this car is going to kill me. <laughs> They, they did a good job spicing it up with the whole, like, uh, curse-type dealie. All right. And uh, as for me overall, I've said for a long time that Christine is probably my favorite Stephen King movie. And I, as of right now, probably stand by that. Um, you know, I mentioned this when we did, you know, The Mist. But as a refresher for everybody here, my favorite story is Carrie. But my favorite 
book from Stephen King is Pet Cemetery. As far as the movies go, yeah, it's really between Christine and Carrie for me. But Christine rewatching it for this episode was like, oh man, I love everything about this movie for the most part. Um, I don't think John Carpenter is in this movie very much. He pops up here and there. But as he said, his heart wasn't in it. He was really depressed about the thing. And I think he was still having marital problems at this point, too. But, um, oh, he does get the job done. I think a lot of everything that works in this movie is because of Stephen King's story, having read most of the book here. Um, the book was really cap in really captivating. I think the movie here lacks some energy and especially towards the, the middle leading up to the end. But it's it's pretty good. Christine herself. I wish the car was more terrifying, but I guess that's just because of it being the eighties, so you could do a lot with what the car I mean I don't find the car terrifying in the book. You know, to me how practical the car was kind of made it a bit more scary to me. Really? You know, like the everyday inanimate objects that we use just turning against us and murder, like trying to murder us, that's kind of, like, that's some pure paranoia feel. That is. That'd be some shit, bro. Yeah, like, every time somebody gets in that car, it's like, oh, shit, is is it gonna pull something? Am I all I gotta do is get Arnie out the car, then that bitch gonna fucking try to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was I was happy it fixed itself. <laughs> that was the only thing I was thinking about. I was like, yes, right. my nigga, finally a car that fixes the damn self. <laughs> <laughs> really, really takes the cost down, huh? On the the buying parts and everything. Although Arnie <laughs> does buy the parts for it at the beginning, so it kind of made me think like, did she really just kind of like? Let him replace all her parts. I, I guess the parts weren't worth nothing. <laughs> um, he probably got rid of the parts or something because there's she she was definitely like after the first few times he's well after the time she got totaled she was definitely fixing herself. So those parts he was getting was pointless. She probably had to trust him. Yeah, probably. He probably had to build a like, connection with her before. She just revealed, like, what she can do. Because mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking. Because after I'd seen that she, like, fixed herself immediately after, like, when he was like, all right, show me. And I was like, and, like, in my head, I was thinking, you could have done that the whole time. <laughs> like, like, it made me think, I was like, no, you know, honestly, he probably had to, like, take the time and dedicate all that time to fix her to really yeah. show, like for christine to pretty much open up i guess you could say and really trust him and give like i guess her full power to him yes this is this is why i love you solid that's exactly what i wrote down i was like she needed to she needed to open up more <laughs> not only is this a thriller it also gives you relationship advice it really does this movie <laughs> has a lot going on in it I, ignore I, all of your significant others family friends and everybody Okay, well, all in love with the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the vehicle. That's all, that's all you need. Man, I want to see, like, a different side of this movie. I want to see this movie through, like, Christine's eyes, where it's just more oh. like a... It's just a romantic, like, notebook type of movie. Link is a villain. 
<laughs> I'm gonna kill that bitch. Like I promise you, if it's from Christine's point of view. Yeah. Definitely the villain. Christine, like, why is nigga ass stink? <laughs> Get him out of my For me, what I noticed the most is that in the movie, Christine does come off as like a jealous you know, homicidal girlfriend. But in the book, it feels more like Annabelle from the Conjuring movies, like where it's just like bad things happen because of the car. While in the movie, the car is a lot more active, like the car is chasing these people down. It does do that in the in the the book. But in the book, they make it clear that there is something operating the car. Like there's some kind of like in in the book, you get like flashes of like a dead person in the back seat or the the previous owner having are like driving the car or the owner like putting its like spirit on top of uh arnie and it, it's it's kind of that whole thing again Stephen king likes to overly not overly but he kind of like explain it that way but yeah, i like the movie version better is what i'm really saying it's just how like this car gives no fucks and it will do whatever it needs to to get her man <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it, you guys are right. Like this, um, Christine here is is um, very interesting type of character. Um, what else do we want to bring up about the car here? I like I like how the car. One, <laughs> what cracks me up at the very beginning is that this is the car is is it's Bumblebee, right? It it uses the radio to communicate, and all the songs are so insulting to to people. Uh, <laughs> it's like. Um, what is it? The, uh, oh, it plays like uh, keep on knocking, but you can't come in a few times for people trying to open the car. Like it does it for Dennis <laughs> later on, but it does it for another character, and it's like leave me alone. And then um, I love how the car like starts playing music as the girl is choking. Like, <laughs> oh, fact man. the fact that she's choking on a hamburger though is just. The thing, thing that confused me with that scene though was the whole light, the lights thing, because that didn't happen any other time. It's just more of like a um, you know, I got you moment. I think I I like the lights. It does it a few times. I thought it does it when it it ram it runs people over. Like the lights start to flash. Like you don't see the inside of it, but the lights. Go. Yeah, no, no, I mean, I mean on the inside. Particularly with with her though, it's because that was the girlfriend. So if she. Probably was more jealous than anything. True. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, but uh, yeah, at the beginning we so the, was like I want you fucking dead, you bitch. <laughs> you know Which again, saying? like, how did how did how did she make the hamburger like happen? Like that's and that's just more of a callback to the death they talk about later on. So like the previous owner of the car had a daughter, and the daughter choked or suffocated to death in the back seat. And that caused him to kind of like take his life and suicide himself. Is that then the daughter? Then the wife killed herself, and then yeah. after that is when he took his life inside the car. Yeah, same thing in the book. Uh, you know, daughter dies, and so in the book, you kind of really it, it does feel like the guy who died is the one like controlling Christine, um, which kind of makes it Wait, even more weird. So, so we still don't know. I haven't finished the book, but they tell you like the car is possessed by the previous owner. Like it is, oh, okay. it is the guy, but you don't know where the evil essentially came came from. Guy, 
And uh, I mean, the guy's pretty evil. Like every every other character that's not the main character in a Stephen King story is usually evil for no reason. Uh, we learned that with the miss, how everybody just kind of like started to kill each other. <laughs> yeah. And the miss was great. Oof. Miss is pretty good. <laughs> it's entertaining. <laughs> um, what else do we want to talk about, Christine? Here, I love. I mean, we'll talk about the deaths, but I'm wanting to talk about like it is a nice car. Like, it's a really cool car. Um, oh, yeah. it it is a real car. They used 16 cars for this movie. Um, but they all had to customly um, paint it. They all had to like custom paint it red because it never came in red. All the other models came in white, which you do see at the beginning. Um, but yeah, it does crush a guy's hand with the hood, and then it does kill a black man. Um, Immediately. Yeah, yeah. Christine is not playing. She is not well, playing. Yeah, he dropped that ash. She said, oh, no. <laughs> what were you think you were doing? I'm going to shove my my shift select up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of questionable things Christine does that kind of like defies physics. Because later on, she kills the, the garage guy by just kind of like moving the seat up too far. And I was like, yeah. how does that work? Did we crush his ribs? And- I think it, yeah, it probably crushed his like ribs. Yeah, I mean, you, you could crush people. You know this, right, Walter? Well, I, you know, it's a car, so I don't necessarily know. But I didn't. Walter. <laughs> I didn't Walter, think. I mean, if if you're slammed between your seat and your steering wheel, and for some reason it keeps pressing, you're gonna pop. Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're gonna start to feel your your ribs and your spine collapse. Yeah, yeah. Point is, everything you hold dear to your heart is gone. <laughs> Point is, Christine is evil to begin with when the movie starts here, and I think that's a pretty interesting way to go in the book. Like. Uh, so- Okay, so ahead. do you think Christine fell in love with the kid? I in the movie, I don't know. Like I, I do actually you know what? Yes, I do think it did it's evil to begin with, but the car attached itself to Arnie, and I think that's where the love quote unquote comes from. I think that is what's going on. I think you know, it's a it's an energy source. Arnie is a is a driver, a car needs a driver. I mean, technically, she doesn't need a driver, but she needs a driver. She needs energy. Arnie is providing energy if you want to go there. But, um, you know, it's just we all want someone to love. If oh. yeah. this, this yeah. turned to a top, a top 100 or top 40 uh, <laughs> radio station. And we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Plays the Christine music. I love I love the theme song though of the you barely hear it but if you go and listen to like the soundtrack the John Carpenter's you know he does his own theme he does the theme for um the thing he did the theme for Hall- uh, Halloween he does it here for Christine it's a really I used to actually drive home from work listening to the Christine music um back when I worked at the movies just you know late night you move you moving mad bruv. <laughs> it's great it's a great song anyway we also get bad to the bone which is also a song i can never take seriously um Thanks. They, yeah <laughs> was anyone was oh, anyone else alarmed in there oh yeah yeah but like was they anyone else alarmed? back in the day yeah like they had some good yeah. songs it was just like bad to the bone is a <laughs> i just kept laughing honestly when i heard it i was like i can't i don't know why i just yeah, can't mom. I'm bad to the bone. 
Shut up, Charlie. <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh god um all right so let's get to our actual human characters for um for a bit we got dennis and arnie uh they're on their first day to senior year uh how do we feel about dennis and arnie let's start with dennis how do we feel it- about dennis go ahead like the the nerdy and the jock best friend duo that's kind of one of my favorite best friend duos because it's like y'all are not supposed to well in movies y'all are not supposed to be best buds but here y'all are defying gravity as best buds love it it's cute it's it's very cute all of what you said was just great I interpret it as a Glee reference, so that's why. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it wasn't intentional, I promise. Okay, I was about to say, I feel like she's just fucking with me at this point. But, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, Sheldon, how'd you feel about uh, Dennis and Arnie in this movie here? Um, I felt like they were, they were a weird duo. Because, like... It's not even the fact that it was like a jock and in a like nerdy person or or whatever the fuck. They just didn't have very good <laughs> chemistry a lot of the time as friends. Really, I disagree. I thought they they, they seem pretty legit. Every now and then, yeah, like when um when Dennis was in the hospital, um, a few times, like whenever they're at um Arnie's parents' house. But sometimes it's just kind of, I don't know, it, it felt like they were just kind of friends because no one else was there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Because <laughs> Arnie didn't have anyone else, so Dennis was like, alright, I'll be your friend. But it was always like, Arnie, why the fuck are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Arnie, stop it. You gotta <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> I do what I want, damn it. And then he buys a car. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Javon, what do you think about uh, Arnie and, and Dennis in this movie? Um, I mean, at at first, I thought they were cool, and it, he didn't like the whole time that he started to kind of transition from cool Arnie to badass. It just reminded me of like Spider Man. <laughs> See, <laughs> whenever he also Spider Man three transformation, yeah, yes. yeah, when he, when he turned into the dark much. one. <laughs> it's funny because like I feel like Arnie. You know, I don't know. I feel like he, the reason why, uh, like the car kind of chose him is because he had that same, like, burning jealousy that he wanted to be, like, a cool, badass dude. And it kind of, like, it, like, kind of festered within him. You know, he couldn't let shit go. He just was all strung up. Yeah. There is a theme of jealousy throughout this movie that I find, that I really appreciate and I find interesting. Um, but yeah, Arnie does go full Bully Maguire <laughs> halfway through the movie. <laughs> he goes straight crazy for no reason. <laughs> because of Christine, I mean, he was man. just going to stab you. Really, like I got, I got Tobey Maguire, but also like evil Quentin Tarantino. Like, <laughs> especially when he starts like talking to people, it's just weird. Yeah, <laughs> the way he talked to people was so strange. <laughs> He's had a weird way of talking to people. Man, when Arnie was talking to people in the movie, man, she had me dying laughing when he turned into a badass. He's like, yeah, get off my back. 
<laughs> you're on my dick. <laughs> fuck you, man. I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> right. Um, oh, man. When he g- grabbed his dad by the throat. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was confused. I was like. He patted him in the face and was like, I'm going to hit the sack. I'm going to hit the sack. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. My man's pussy drops to the ground. <laughs> Good night, sweetheart. Man, the way he, like, snatched his dad, it was so funny to me. Because he's like, he like, snatches him. First, he grabs him from the back of the neck. And then he, like, so I was like, oh, he he grabbed her like he, like, uh, he was just like a dog that just kind of pissed on the floor. Like, he just, like. It was just like that grab, which is really aggressive. And I was like, oh, wow, that's his dad. And his dad was like, <laughs> I wonder if the car made him stronger or something. Me too. That's what I was wondering. His dad kind of roughed him up a bit. So, how do you not expect someone to like Retaliate. defend himself? I, I took it as he was protecting himself because his dad like had him like up against the wall. That, yeah, slammed him off. Yeah, like, but, the, yeah. It was, the it was the way he, he, he was talking up. raw as fuck. <laughs> yeah, he, hey, he was talking for you. That yeah. was that is very true. He, he was, was being he was. disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Man. Normal white. I'm pretty we, sure all, we all know what, what would happen to each and every one of us. We did some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be able to get the first word out. Yeah, we got fucked up. <laughs> Man, I don't but know what no, what, what I'm saying is like, did anyone else <laughs> notice that like when he grabbed his dad's neck, it seemed like he was like way stronger than he should have been. Yeah, like, like it was almost lifting like, him off the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, I wonder if that's what freaked his dad out. Not the fact that he grabbed his neck and he was like the regular him, but the fact that like it was it like was he was ridiculously strong. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that um? What is that called? What is it um? Really? Shock, nigga. He was in shock. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, there's a word. There's a word that it's a, or it's a phrase. I think it's like disbelief. Uh, was it like uh. <laughs> No. <laughs> was it? Uh, I want to say it's like a virgin strength, but it's something else. It's something else they call it. Huh? Is it virgin strength? <laughs> what the fuck? Virgin strength. Is it virgin strength? Or like, or like, <laughs> like uh, cock. <laughs> Uh, the cock strong? There's a phrase people cock use. Strong. For the cock strong. Virgins what? and cocks. Virgin. Why? Right. Well, it, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I've, heard the cock <laughs> I've heard it. I've heard it before. I swear to God, it's it's an actual like yeah. phrase. But that's a phrase people name. use. It's a phrase people use for like uh for like for males when they're they're supposed to be like. <laughs> It's a it's a phrase they use for males when they have all this like strength, this like pent up strength because they're still virgins or they haven't had sex in a minute. Like I don't know, this is what I got from it. But isn't that just being sexually frustrated and you just get like angry and you just got random strength? I don't know. Incel? No, (laughs) forget it. We're done. We're moving on. (laughs) Speaking of strength, though, this movie is a cock strength. <laughs> Speaking of strength, though, uh, this movie is horny, very horny at the beginning. Like the first thing they talk about is, um... oh, dude, the teens had me crying in the beginning. That shit was funny. Yeah, <laughs> the way these motherfuckers were talking, bro, I was like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like this. This is how these niggas talk back in the day. 
Yeah, like none of that would fly today in any situation. He said, he said she, he said she's, she's like she's uh, she looks like she's smart, but she's got the body of a slut. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and they were all like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was you know, it, you know, it's funny. It's like you know, black people were like, man, that ass fat, man, she looked good. White people are like, look at that dirty slut. <laughs> <laughs> I want that dirty slut. But it's like got, my dude. But what got me is that she came down the hallway just wearing like khaki shorts and a sweater vest. So it's like, yeah, she was just like, what about that? <laughs> like, what about that said slut? Like, <laughs> what was, I'm like, do you have x ray vision? Are you looking through her clothes? Like, what? Like, have, how? Have you just never my seen My nigga that? was reading her body temperature. <laughs> yeah. He was like, this is extra warm. That's a slut. You've just never seen a fitted, like, sweater vest before? Like, <laughs> but yeah, they were just talking Whoa. all. Her shorts are above her knees. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh man! And then, like, even the teacher was like, "In this club here is a really good club for meeting boys." And she was like, "Yeah, you know what? I think I'm just going to join the yearbook." <laughs> so I was like, Dude, "I was like, who the? I was like, who the fuck says that? <laughs> what type of teacher says some shit like that? <laughs> what principal says that shit?" <laughs> My man was trying like, to hit oh, on. I this. guess we have a fine selection of young men <laughs> in our school. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, you know what he was waiting for? He was waiting for her to say some shit like, "I like older men." Oh, really? <laughs> No, oh, no, that's a different wow. movie. Oh, wow, wow. That's, a, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a different movie. Oh, boy. But um, yeah, um, so, this this whole school scene is is great in all the worst ways. Um, but, <laughs> Dennis does look like Kevin Bacon to me, honestly. But um, we get to our bully characters, which they irritated me so much. But um, one just because their names were stupid. But uh, Stephen King. Names are called buddy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Give Steve- me the knife, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole interaction just seemed very condescending because, like, it's like you're saying buddy, but you're like, <laughs> like smearing the name buddy. But it's like that's his name, so it's not like you're saying buddy in a condescending way. You're just angrily saying buddy. I don't know. I hate it. <laughs> his parents, man, they just gave up on naming. He said he's already he's already trouble. We're just gonna call him Buddy. Come on, Buddy, let's go. Buddy. Actually, fun fact about Buddy, he actually lost a uh, uh, an election in California. I forgot what seat. Oh, like the actor. His... Yeah, the actor. He's a oh. politician. Oh wow! Oh wow! Wow! Oh, that's an interesting change in events. I guess you do. I guess I guess you do get somewhere looking like John Travolta. Oh, the turntable. <laughs> <laughs> the turntable. Oh. But um, yeah, Stephen King and his greasers—they're usually the main villains of uh, teenage characters or kids characters in any story he tells. Stand by me, uh, it, Carrie—they're <laughs> all they're just a whole lot of greasers. And the reason for that is that Stephen King, as a child, was bullied by greasers. Growing up in the late, uh, early late sixties, early seventies, so I was about to ask that. Yeah, so he has a. I guess he has a fear of leather jackets. I don't. I don't know, but um, I don't. I don't know the man personally. Wow. but that's what I get from his apparently mud chops and sideburns as well. Oh yeah, definitely. 
<laughs> my man just don't like hairy people. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, if you if you wear cows and are hairy, I don't like you. Oh no, not Chuck Taylors. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the boy characters are. And I, oh, I say that because, like, even in every single story, they're greasers, but they're always the most, like, evil people. Like, they always do the most. Like, in this, they're, like, really bullying this senior kid over his lunch and poke a hole through his lunch and, and the yogurt comes falling out and they make him slip on it. Like, just, like, unnecessary shit. And then for them to get revenge for getting in trouble, they total the guy's first car. <laughs> and going back to what Sala was saying earlier, like it's heartbreaking, but it's also like, why did y'all come up with this as an idea? <laughs> like, how did that, how did that cross your mind? And the fact that one of them took a shit inside of it too was just, um, yeah, right on the fucking dash. Like, are you kidding me? Well, one That's impressive, commitment. impressive for the flexibility, I should say. But um, yeah, one of them was very. That kind of had me rolling when he was talking to his mom. <laughs> where she was like let's talk, let's talk like practical human beings and she was like one of them took a shit on my dash how's yeah. that for practical I was like oh no and she just looked so sad like <laughs> I, loved, I loved her reaction because all I could think about was that whole sound from TikTok the woman was too stunned to speak like she really was too <laughs> she really was too stunned after he walked out <laughs> I mean, but what do you say to that? It's like, well, he is right. They did. Yeah. <laughs> we just witnessed in the news, uh, what's the name? Johnny Depp's wife shitting in his bed, so it's not it's, it's not that crazy. Oh, yeah, true. On that <laughs> man pillow. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It's, it's not too far off. That's true. <laughs> um, I don't like Arnie's parents at all, actually. I don't, like, they, I they, don't they, either. Yeah, his mom irks yeah, me. his mom sucks. His mom is a Bitch! Oh my god! And his dad was just riding the mom's coattail, like yeah, honey, yeah. <laughs> he really was. My nigga had no choice. What you mean riding the coattail? He was along for the ride. <laughs> you tell him, hun. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. Because when it came to the bedroom, she was like, she was beating his ass and she like he's probably abusing him upstairs at night. Oh no! <laughs> I do. Uh, just to kind of bring us back, I do want to say uh, all of this at the beginning is not in the well, it's in the book, but it's at different parts. The book actually starts with them driving from school, like the first page is them driving from school, and they pass Christine and Arnie's like, "Ooh, we gotta get Chris, like, we gotta get that car." And, and Dennis is it, the book is through Dennis's perspective, which the movie here kind of flips back and forth um through whose perspective they're going off of but in the book it's it's solely dennis's perspective and he's kind of like uh recounting the story while also telling like many stories of how he figured out christine was evil he essentially just goes to like um what's the equivalent i should say if here's an equivalent and a throwback but um you remember that scene in the grinch where they do the flashbacks and it's the little girl interviewing the different people who knew grinch as a kid yeah. So that's yeah. that's essentially how the book goes. It's Dennis, he's telling the full story, but then he breaks off into these mini stories where he's interviewing, he's talking to the LeBay, the old man LeBay, and some other people who knew the car or had seen the car before or had new owners of the car, and all of, and they kind of just tell them all of the horrible stories that happened in it. And so I thought that was a really interesting way how they restructured it by one they made it more chronological they made it real time 
but also they didn't they kind of they didn't necessarily take out all of the stories but they kind of like weaved it in in a in a weird way i i honestly liked how the book was going with it being a more retrospective type of thing but i also like i think making it the way the movie does it does make it more uh faster makes it more active in the story because they do you do get to you do get to know arnie and dennis a little more um in a way i guess they just make it more chronological because like the scenes are in the book they're just in different parts of it like it's not chronological and in the movie they just kind of rearranged everything and made it shorter and chronological and i thought that was pretty cool but yeah the movie uh the book does start with them passing by and then driving and with Arnie seeing Christine for the first time in the movie, it's like we're 10 minutes in after Arnie's had the worst day ever for a senior on the first day back. And uh, we do meet old man LeBay and um, he gets the best line in this movie. <laughs> I love this line. and It's right out of the book. But he says, you know, she had the same she had the smell of a brand new car, just about the finest smell in the world, except for maybe pussy. <laughs> that shit had me rolling. I was expecting like the sunglasses to come down from the sky, and then just you know the John Cena music to start playing because that was perfect. Like it, it's really, it's really cool. But um, how do we feel about this old man LeBay guy? Because uh, he is a he's a major character. He doesn't get a lot to do in the movie. But what what do you guys think about him? Uh. I kind of wish he was shown a little bit more because the, the shit that this man said, the, what came out of his mouth was just, if, to me, it was just comedy gold. Like, it was, it was fucked up, but, like, it made me think of, like, just the time and period of when all this shit was taking place and how much they fucking, how, how foul-mouthed they talked about women yeah i was like god damn dude <laughs> jesus like fuck they're, they're just like at that point they were just all just looked at as objects still for real they were just... <laughs> it they was were going in but even like the way they were talking to kids like he was like <laughs> first he was just kind of yelling at them and they, even the guy that owns the garage was kind of like Bad mouthing them. Oh yeah, know? yeah, that dude. Yeah, <laughs> that one time where he was like warming up to him, and he was like, you know, he's like, you do a few things here and there. He's like, he's like, I, you know, I won't charge you for all those parts. He's like, and he's like, I may even throw you a little bit of bucks here and there. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll think about it. He's like, well, don't think about it. We're too long, or I'll send you out on your ass. And I was oh, like, damn. Like, <laughs> right, like you just offered it to him. Like, why, why are you rushing him? He's like eighteen. <laughs> um, man. Uh, bringing it back to LeBay here. So, did you guys get the whole thing about his brother? I mean, we mentioned it earlier, but yeah, it is his brother that is died in the car um, through, through exhaust, I think. That's what he did. Carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah. yeah. Brought me right back to Midsummer with that one. That flashback. It's the beginning of that yeah, movie. So. But um, Arnie just immediately buys his car, which I'm, I'm glad he has a checkbook, because <laughs> I was about to say, like, where you get, where's he going to get $300 from? Um, that was pretty cool. I mean, look, if a car is $250, I'd I feel like that's a great price, and I would buy it no matter how evil it is, whether I know it or not. 
But I do think, I do think LeBay should have told them up front, and be like, hey, you know, this car may kill some people. Yeah, he's an asshole for that. He really is. And, yeah. the- and this is why we have Carfax today. <laughs> you know, the car's history. But, like, what killed me is that he, you know, he shows up at this part, and then he shows up at the in the middle for when Dennis is really looking for answers. And then after that, he's not in the movie. And then he shows up at the very end after they, like, their friend is dead. Christine's a cube now. And he's like, well, you guys did get a job. <laughs> like, why did you tell them anything earlier? No one would have died. <laughs> you could have just told them it was evil. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it did remind me of Crazy Ralph. not fucking sold it. Yeah, I guess he was trying to really sell it, but like, if if it wasn't doing anything sitting right there, you could have just let it, like, you know, knowing what it's capable of. Like, he knew the entire time what it was gonna do. But, you know, anything for a quick buck. Accessory to murder. Say it again? He should be charged with accessory to murder. That's true. <laughs> But again, wouldn't Dennis and Lee be also like charged given the fact that their friend died? He killed himself though. He was driving into shit. Well, that was going to be one of my questions. Did he kill himself or did Christine accidentally kill him? Or did he just kind of like get caught in between? I don't know. I felt that was very. He was driving the car. I was wondering that as well. Me too. Yeah. I I I assumed it was him because of that, yeah. So, do you guys think it was him driving for the other murders, or do you... Because I don't no, think no, he was driving. No, no, definitely wasn't, because... Especially no, when it got set on no. fire, because his boss saw he oh, got yeah. killed by Christine. That's true. I think it was after that point. Um, I think it was only when he came for Lee and Dennis. Yeah, I think it, I think it was... It could have only been whenever he came for them. Because <clears throat> it would have been the only time he had a reason to. Yeah. That's whenever he, uh, Dennis had you know, scratch scratched in the the uh, what's it called the location. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah, I was, I was sitting here like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so we do get introduced to Lee here at the football game, which is really interesting. Uh, uh well, Lee is the new girl that they were talking about, and so I like how. We never see what actually happens, but just one day Arnie has her, and Dennis is so stunned that he gets hurt at the football game. He's like, "Wait a minute!" Oh, he got <laughs> fucked up. He got fucked up hard. He said, "Is that Arnie?" And is that? <gasps> and then he immediately gets hit. Was <laughs> like, "Ah, oh, damn, my legs!" But as a, <laughs> you should not let what the crowd do, what the crowd does, <laughs> not distract you too much to where like that happens. <laughs> like he was not. On the game, and he shouldn't have not been in the game. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know what to say. Get your head in the game, but he, he did not. Man, he put his head all in the game's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. The moment that kills me though is um when he gets hit, but he's the first one to stand up and go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, oh, buddy's an asshole. <sighs> um, but yeah, buddy's y'all kind of trauma at home. <laughs> Oh, now I think of the Breakfast Club because, like, you know, the, that really sad scene about Bender. But anyway, not the movie we're talking about. Uh, let's get to some deaths here, but before that, we gotta get to some almost deaths because I gotta talk about this whole cheese, this whole hamburger thing. Like you know, we mentioned it earlier, but like it's still a funny scene. You're sitting there on your date, 
and you're already frustrated that your boyfriend doesn't like you or at least likes the car more and the the moment he leaves the moment the car tries to like murder you somehow with his hand with like a hamburger and it's just really petty it's just a really petty moment because like she locks the door and she decides to blind her inside the car and i just couldn't stop but like my mouth was open the entire time watching the scene because one i haven't seen this movie in a long time but like just this moment this sure this sure like moment it's terrifying but also like really really though really yeah like it kind of like it kind of got to me because i was like i can understand you're choking and you're panicking but I don't think that gives you like a form of cerebral cerebral palsy where you like you, you lose all function functionality of how you like can use your fingers and hands. Yeah. Because this bitch was like eh, eh, all over the fucking <laughs> the, yeah, the fucking trippy, door yeah. and shit. I was like, bro, what do, what are you doing? Like you're choking just <laughs> like it, it doesn't yeah, it doesn't take squeaky, that yeah. much to reach over and pull the thing up and then fucking like to unlock the damn door. Oh my oh, god! Like Christine kept pulling it back down. She was holding it locked and shit. That's why she was struggling. So hard. No, she she uh, like she wasn't even touching it at all. She was just sitting there choking it. She was literally just trying to open the door. It wasn't until she like went and actually pulled it open, um, and she was just still still sitting there choking. It wasn't until like the person who was in the car next to him opened the door after it had been unlocked. <clears throat> yeah, where she was actually pulled out, and then he did the Heimlich maneuver on her. I don't know why I always like remember I the think... scene, but um, I could have sworn there was like a seatbelt involved, but I guess not. No, but she was fighting with Christine throughout that whole time because she locked Arnie out of the car. Yeah, Christine she did just... lock Arnie out the car, but she locked yeah. Arnie out the car, and I think she kept the dark the car locked because um, there before the dude like pulls Lee out of the car, she's like trying with both hands like as hard <laughs> as she can to get that lock up, and she gets the lock up, and the guy opens it, but she don't get it open yeah, herself. But... Yeah, cause she—that's that's what I'm saying though. Cause she only—it only showed the one time where she's like trying to unlock it, and she finally pulls it up. Um, and I think it was just cause she was struggling, uh, from cause it showed like she was barely she was struggling trying to open up the damn door the few the first few <laughs> times. She couldn't even grab the damn yes. door handle. But again, so I was like, so she was struggling trying to like pull the lock up. And she didn't open the door after that. She just continued choking, like. But once she had the lock up, it didn't lock back down because if not, the the neighbor wouldn't have been able to open up the door and pull her out. But again, Christine just blasting that radio down, <laughs> just like oh man, that lights is... <laughs> flashing throughout the whole car. Die! It just makes me think of Freddy Krueger, really, when he kills Nancy again. Just, <laughs> just die! Damn it! Christine was not having it with this lady. Um, I do like the, get your hands off of her. He, meanwhile, he's like saving her life. <laughs> Arnie, yeah, Arnie's kind of the worst now. <laughs> Let's talk about the deaths here, and then we'll get to the end of the podcast. But um, these are probably some of the most creative deaths in a movie I've ever seen before. And the fact that it's all done by a possessed car it makes it even more impressive. But um, first up, we got Moochie, who is the fat. A uh, bully friend, you know every every bully group needs a fat kid. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I love this death so much because it's a like it's a literal car Gee, chase. Yes, mm. <laughs> it's a literal. Car You're talking chase. about the yeah yeah the first guy freaking 
the way he got <laughs> show the way funny. he got just freaking mowed down. He was smart though. He decided, you know, pretty early on to go through the alleys. It's just the car could also fit through alleys. Squeeze through, <laughs> yeah, the entire alleyway. And even when it and did shave off entire sides of it just to get into the area and crush him. The part that got me though is like when the car like does the flashing of the headlights, he goes, oh, Cunningham, is that you? Hey, you're not mad, are you? And then the car immediately goes after him. <laughs> that shit. That shit made me laugh out loud, dude. That, that's what I meant. It's like it was the dialogue from the bullies. I was like, bro, are you are you serious? Like that like that that shit like literally made me say, Are you serious? Because, bro, you're not mad, are you? Well, I'm not. Man, the car just immediately goes after him. No, like, no hesitation. I was like, yes, do it. Kill him. Um, but it's a good it's a good chase. It's a good scene. And, uh, yeah, I do love the fact that <laughs> Christine just like, oh, you think I can't fit through here? Yeah, right. <laughs> right through there. And then uh, later on, they say they had to. <laughs> he got cut in half. Like, so just his imagine leg. his lower half had to be scooped up by a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ernie! Ernie's comeback was hilarious for it. Oh yeah. Oh man! Isn't that what you do with shit? Isn't that what you do with shit? <laughs> <laughs> Again, he got his evil Taren- Quentin Tarantino voice going. He's like, "You scoop it up with a little shovel, man!" And then he walks off, pops his collar. It's like, dude, it's like twelve a.m. or twelve p.m. I should say, because he gets out Someone's early. Someone's fucking dead. <laughs> uh, that's, that's signature. That signature asshole. If he got that popped collar, man. hey, dude, so even. <laughs> Like now, I think about it. That collar was all the way fucking popped when he was choking out his dad. Yes. <laughs> you know, oh, it was. Like in Spider-Man Three, whenever the bangs are in front of his eyes, you can tell he's got he's overtaken. In Christine, it's when the pop when the collars pop all the way up. Um, I I honestly think he could have jumped over the hood, but okay. I guess he I guess he's supposed to be a fat ass, so. <laughs> But I think the bully was too stunned to move. Yeah, <laughs> the bully was too stunned to move. Yeah. I mean that that is, is yeah. He was insane. like, oh yeah, I yeah. That to see the car just like it's kind of like the same thing of like seeing, I guess, like an a wild animal like just like shredded oh, yeah. stuff. Like it reminds me, it reminded me of that one scene from The Walking Dead where that zombie's like starting to stick its face through the glass, and you see its skin just peeling off its face. And it's like trying to chomp. Uh, I think it was like Glenn. I forgot who it was. No, no, I think it might have been Rick. Somebody. I do remember that. The, like that. Uh, shoving his face through the like, window or whatever in the class. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, man. So that should, yeah, that would be horrifying. Yeah, just a car just destroying itself to kill you. All right. That boy was. Yeah, it had to be picked up like. It's like some shit. For real, though. But then, like, it's the next death that's even better because it's, it's one, you get three all at once. But the other three are at a gas station just hanging out, I guess, because it's this 1970s. And <laughs> and this whole this whole scene is amazing. So Christine just comes out of nowhere with a sneak attack and just rams into this dude's car. 
Yeah. <laughs> immediate gasoline. Um, all the actors are, I think, in the scene are doing pretty well. I like how Buddy's just watching from the sidelines, though, while his, both of his friends are getting, like, destroyed. One of them got a whole, like, wall taken into him along with the car. Yes. <laughs> they didn't stand a chance. Like, Christine t- rams herself into the car, into Buddy's car, and then, like, keeps Buddy's car, like, on her on her own like grills so, like it's pinned to her which makes me think like does she just have like a, a really tight grip or like is that she's like gripping the car but either way she, stuck as hell. <laughs> she uses that to ram inside of the garage and like hits the guy and then causes gasoline to leak out and then sets a fire and it immediately burns the one guy up and burning herself Again, Buddy's just sitting there watching, and then once Christine, like, pulls out to chase this dude, he's like, oh, yeah, maybe I should run now. <laughs> and we get a cool scene of him running down the street with a flaming car behind him, which is just nightmare fuel. I, I loved the way they did that scene. Oh, yeah. Like, with him just running down, and all you hear is, oh, do-do-do-do. <laughs> and you see his body, like, come from under the, like, roll from under the car. It's just on fire. Like, that was just... It was the best kind of like you know they didn't have to overplay it with guts or gore or anything like that yeah. and it still felt just brutal mm-hmm. but right. the whole time yeah. thinking like he's wearing black and it's dark outside and they're like it seemed like there was like a ditch on both sides of the road he really could have just like dove into the ditch and rolled like he's wearing black yeah and but you know that, the car would that just makes me wonder how omniscient Christine is Cause how the fuck was she finding these people? That it, like maybe. Well, I mean, she seen them like, before. People that touch her, like she can like have like a sense of them at that point, and like just know where you are, or maybe she was just patrolling and just stumbled across them. No, I mean it's a car. It's built for navigation. I, I, I you know. No. No. <laughs> no. No. A navigation system oh. is built for navigation. Oh, I, I, I take Cars it as... sometimes have built-in navigation. I take Definitely it as... not that one. Look, I take it as Christine has seen these people, whether it be the, the spirit inside of her or just the Christine itself, which is what the movie is going for, that Christine itself seen these people and so she's able to find them. Like you know. Yeah, it's, it's some sort of like omniscient detection type deal. Which has me thinking, like, even if he did, like, roll off the road, Christine would have just ran right after Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't think you can hide from Christine. No. You just gotta oh, keep... That's terrible, then. And death was the only answer. Either you gotta climb a really high, like, place, or you just gotta keep running until it runs out of gas. Oh! That fucking reminds me. At the last... At the standoff at the very end, mm-hmm. you know, Lee jumps up and grabs that, uh that tire to avoid getting hit by Christine, right? There was a ladder next to that. There's a fucking ladder. Maybe she- I thought about that, and I was like, why don't you just jump back up and grab the fucking ladder and, be- and call it a day? Yeah, yeah. I guess she hit that floor a little too hard. <laughs> she, okay, she, they did go- do a good job at pre- uh, portraying, like, she, she did not land well at all. Because <laughs> she was out of it. It's the 80s. She's a pretty girl in a thriller movie. She wasn't meant to be ridiculously smart in these situations. Yeah, not those bell bottoms. 
Um, but yeah, we got a great gas station explosion, which I just I just love a good explosion, and that's probably the gas station explosion was pretty awesome. Like, I just keep going, and then flaming car. Um, I wish I wish that Christine could talk because I feel like at the end of all these deaths, there should have been like a voice or something like. You know, when it, when it came to the Muji at the beginning, I was like, after they, they killed her, just, you know, dead end, and then fade to black. <laughs> they would like had a voice with, like, the song she was playing. That is true, yeah. You know, I just feel like there should have been, like, a one-liner. Like, you know, even after she kills uh, Buddy, just, you know, road kill. Yeah. Kaplunk. Like, you know, something like that. Urchow. <laughs> Boom. Good jigger. <laughs> what did oh, you wow. just call me? <laughs> oh man. Um, you know. Kaboom. Um I think yeah, that's the deaths here. Ooh, I wanna say uh melted on fire and melted Christine reminded me a lot of child's play. There's a lot of I, I got a lot of child's play in this. Like I feel like uh, the relationship um, Arnie has with Christine is what Chucky was going for with Andy, and it just didn't work. Oh out yeah, this is, yeah, this is what Chucky wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and so I, I again like this movie throughout the whole time I was watching. I just kept thinking about either Carrie or Child's Play, and that you know two movies I love dearly. So you know it's an ace in my book if you got me to think about that. Uh, we did talk about the the garage owner's death. I like how he's proactive though. He got a shotgun, but he just didn't know it was a possessed car. So yeah, he he just wasn't informed. He knew the assignment to an extent. Yeah, can't really fault him for dying. Other than you know, dying shouldn't have gotten the fucking car. That's that's for one. <laughs> yeah, if the car burns you, <laughs> why would you get inside of it? Yeah, you know that's that's what. Yeah, I didn't understand that. It's like, yeah, you just saw you saw the car roll in, park, and everything, and you don't see anybody in there. Why would you sit in it? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I would have went home. Yeah, close the shop for the night. Go to a church in the morning. You know, close work. the shop for a week. Yeah, <laughs> worry about go it. Go to the Bahamas. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Eat a nice breakfast. Like you know, just don't worry about it. <laughs> it's not even your car. You know. I would have went to church and repented, and <laughs> probably would have became a nun. <laughs> How'd you get here, sister? Well, it all started on one lonely night, and there was just this this melted car that came running in, and I said, "Nope, <laughs> nope." <laughs> and now I'm here. Praise Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I one one little thing I do wish. Um, okay, so this movie is not like perfect, but it's pretty good. And I do Ooh. think there is room for improvement. I think we can all agree on that. And I think um, one thing I would definitely focus on improving is just the relationship between Arnie, Dennis, and Lee. I would honestly, if there's one thing I would change, I would make that trio more of a friendship and then have it be more of like a who will she end up with? Or if she wants to end up with one of them, you know, maybe they're both into her rather than her just be the new girl. And I would still keep her with Arnie because, you know, drama. But even when when her and Dennis start to, you know, get together and 
start plotting against Arnie. I felt like there was chemistry there. Like I felt like at some point, you know, he went he went to go destroy Christine, but he's also gonna you know clap some of Lee's cheeks at by the end of it. And you saw you saw how she cuddled into him when she was scared. Yeah, you saw yeah. that. Yeah, you know, it was there. It was it was chemistry there. She had more he chemistry has with him. Some sparks. Yeah, I definitely would have kept it that. I, I would have would have seen what this trio would have looked like if they had more time with each other. From here, it feels like <laughs> the way they the way they do it is just like Lee and Dennis are meeting for the first time because <laughs> when they first meet up, I'm like, wait, y'all have known each other for like almost a year now, like. <laughs> it's New Year's. How are y'all just like just now talking about Arnie in his car? <laughs> I mean, granted, Dennis really was in the hospital. Up on that conversation. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like granted, Dennis was in the hospital for like a long time, but still, True. after he was out, that was a long injury. <laughs> well, he couldn't. Play, he can't even play football anymore. So yeah, because of Christine. Even after healing, the one that he can't blame Christine on because honestly, that was his fault. But yeah, no. <laughs> like maybe Christine was doing some crazy like curse shit where she could just make your fortune bad, but that's not on par with everything else that happened. So Ooh, that's a that's an interesting take. You know, the car doesn't all doesn't just kill people, but it gives you bad cursed, luck. <laughs> cursed objects affect um their surroundings along with direct contact. Nice. Nice. Hmm. Well said. That's the thing with cursed objects. <laughs> Here's the question, though. What was their plan exactly? Like, what were they? What were they uh, going for? And where did they get this bulldozer? <laughs> I don't. You know, you I know. don't know what the plan exactly was. I think the plan was just to destroy Christine by any means. And he was like, "Ooh, this is bigger than her and heavier. Let's I, try this." Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. I wish I would have known the plan because he comes just busted with a bulldozer. And I'm like, okay, epic. But where did you get this? Where, do you have a light? I mean, I guess he has a license, but like, do you need a different license to operate a truck? Did he steal the truck? Like, I just had so many questions. I was like, how far did you have well, to he drive? Had, he, had the, he, had the hot, he had the hot wire in. That's true. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it was already there. But yeah, uh, Christine does, you know, I, I put Christine versus bulldozer. And it, at first, Christine is winning, but, you know, they finally get her. Um, well, but... yeah, because Lee's dumbass wasn't in it or <laughs> up somewhere safe. So Bulldozer had to play defense. <laughs> I love the how Lee is, like, hiding and then she pops up and Christine immediately goes and runs into her. <laughs> it's like, damn, okay. Like he finds her or she finds her and she's like, you know what? And <laughs> <laughs> we do get the, the, the shock of the twist of being that Arnie was in the car this time. And mm-hmm. uh, he does like this like evil dead grab at, <laughs> at Lee, which is weird. And then he ends up dying because he got a, a, a shard of glass stuck in his like stomach. And this is, you know, he does the whole little, I love you touch to Christine and, as he dies, Christine, like, shuts off her lights, and I thought that was a pretty good moment, and then she goes back to, like, cold-blooded murder. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> this movie has a weird ending. So she just yeah. gets... Christine gets heartbroken. I love a beam struggle. Uh, Christine and the bulldozer kind of go head-to-head, and then eventually Christine does get crushed and turn into a cube. That's still alive. Dun, dun, dun. I did like the fake out, though. Like, the music starts playing, and they're like, <gasps> and it's just some guy with a boombox. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, but we do get there a little she moves her little whatever and boom. Whatever piece that was. Yeah. She'll be back. As Chucky always says, I always come back. I could see a Christine too. Um maybe they'll make it a requel with the, the remake. I think it is strictly a remake though, but who knows? You could you could do anything, honestly. Really oh my could. gosh, Christine is the car version of Chucky. Yeah, like there's a lot of Christine Chucky. It's what Chucky was striving for. For the longest time, I kid you not, I thought even like before reading the book, and I've seen the movie before, but like I could have sworn like the the reason Christine was possessed was because a guy was dying inside of her and just pulled a, a Chucky and <laughs> transferred his soul into the into the car. Like I, I could have sworn that was what happened, but not exactly like that. In my head canon it is though. Like in my head canon, there's a different multiverse somewhere where Charles Lee Ray, instead of running into a toy store, he runs into like an auto shop or a car dealership and dies inside of a <laughs> into this red car and I mean, the description of objects. Chucky the doll is a redhead. Christine's a red car. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, that brings us to our end here, uh, end of our 100th episode, and end of Christine recommends. Do you guys recommend Christine? Uh, Zaria, you want to go first? I do. I do recommend it. It's Stephen King, so I'll, yeah. All right, Solo. I do. I really enjoyed this movie, so I I recommend it. Uh, Shelton. Yeah. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I do recommend it. Hey, another win for John Carpenter, you would say. Yeah, I would say. All right, and uh, I don't, I don't know what to do with, with Javon here, but I guess we'll just breeze past. It. <laughs> we'll, we'll drive by it. Um, as for me, yeah, this is definitely a recommend. Um, I don't remember the first time I saw this, but it was definitely very like my summer of discovery, which is between 2013 and 2014, um, especially discovering Stephen King. And yeah, it's rewatching it now. I'm I was delighted. I was like, oh wow, I forgot how much I actually like this movie. Um, so yeah, it's a recommend for me. I think this is a cool, chill vibe of a movie. Um, it has elements of other movies that I love, mainly Carrie and Child's Play, and some of the better Conjuring movies is what I get. Um, I don't think, like I said earlier, it's not a perfect movie, but it's a movie. Overall, it could use some energy. I think that's probably my main complaint with a lot of John Carpenter movies. That, with the exception of Big Big Trouble Little China, I think a lot of them lack a little energy to it. That and Halloween, but um, yeah. Uh, I said this when we did the thing, but the thing to me is like a perfect like Sunday afternoon type of movie. So I was kind of like I was trying to think of a a way to bring that back and apply it to this movie given that it is john carpenter but so forgive me if it sounds cheesy but the way i wrote it out here is just that if the thing is a perfect sunday afternoon movie and halloween is a perfect friday night movie then christine to me is a perfect late saturday night type of movie like maybe you just come in from partying or coming in from work and you just kind of want to wind down but you're not sleepy sleepy yet you throw on christine yeah yeah (laughs) You know, maybe you just got some like Waffle House or something and you just sit down and chill out and vibe with Christine. That's literally what I did. I got off work, took a shower, and watched Christine. (laughs) That's exactly that's what I did. See, see, so I'm right. I got it right. 
You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that brings an end to our 100th episode here. Like I said, it's our 100th recorded episode. Uh, we'll get to our 100th movie episode later this summer, and that'll be probably a bigger celebration. But this is this is pretty cool. Thank you guys for joining me once again for another week. Uh, thank you for joining me for Stephen King again. Um, next time we are hopping off of Stephen King for now, we'll be back with Stephen King later on this year, but we are going to, <laughs> it feels really weird to say this, but we're going from Stephen King to M. Night Shyamalan. I cannot wait to talk about this movie in particular. It is my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie. It is, or it's my favorite next to Unbreakable, but this one's my favorite. We are doing The Village. Honestly, Sheldon, Zarya, I hope you guys are on this. And Solo, <laughs> I hope you guys are on this because this movie is got so many twists to it. Oh and, lord! And I can already yeah. hear, I can already hear all of you yelling at me, and I just can't wait. <laughs> it's, I think it's a genuinely good movie though, but it is a very twisty movie. Like it's got a lot of twists to it, a lot of good you actors. Not given this much confidence. Yeah, I can't well, wait. On it, I'm gonna be optimistic. Yeah, I every, can't wait. Since when has M. Night Shyamalan right. ever let you down? Avatar. Well, well, <laughs> well. You should have knew the answer before even That's not even that question. a good question. <laughs> point. That is true, but I'm going to remain his cheerleader because I think he's really good. Um, aside from uh-huh. that, that hiccup, aside from that. Well, he's got a few hiccups, actually. Um, no, just- <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just I immediately thought of the happening, and I was like, uh, he has yeah. enough hiccups to where he is. A, he has a card on Cards Against Humanity. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> well, I mean, he's famous for a reason, and we're gonna discuss that <laughs> next week. <laughs> after that, though, we'll, we're after that though we're gonna discuss the boys. We're finally gonna get to that. The um, boys. Uh, I think all of season three should be out by that point. Maria, uh, have you watched The Boys yet? Not yet, but I, funny thing is, I just got like a uh, an Amazon Prime or like not Amazon Amazon Video uh, notification about The Boys. It's so good, Z. I would honestly I hear, like. I hear. I would honestly like to hear some fresh voice to it because all I have are my opinions, and all of my opinions are flaming red hot. Walter hates it for some reason. I have never Probably hated it too. I've never hated a show so much. Oh yeah, then another episode came out today too. That's probably why I got Friday's. the notification. Yeah, yeah, see, it was the uh, fucking advertisement for the new episode. But um, yeah, so that's what we got coming up. After that, though, we'll be heading into July, which is one of my favorite months for the podcast because we got True Crime July. I'm so excited for the lineup I have. I won't reveal it yet, but uh, when I do reveal it to you guys, it's going to be very exciting. We've got a, a... I don't know how to describe these movies, though. Th- we got a lot of classics. There's some classic Spielberg in there. You can decide which episode that is. Uh, but we also have some like really interesting history type of stuff, actually, is what I will oh, say. Yeah. We're going, we're going further back in time with these. We are revisiting the 70s again, but we're also going to revisit some of the, the, the later eras, some of the, the cowboy eras, I should say. And then we are going to touch on Hollywood. We're going to go into a real Hollywood tragic story of murder and betrayal. 
Is it Sharon Stone? Oh, I don't know if Sharon Stone went. Not Sharon Stone. Not she, no, she's still alive. Um, I'm talking, thinking. You're, you're I'm thinking think, of, uh, Sharon Tate. Yeah. Tate? You're thinking her. Yeah, not her. We're not doing that one. But uh, we're doing a different Hollywood star. One that people don't talk about. But your big clue, and I feel like a lot of people will get this. So Hollywood star, true crime movie starring Ben Affleck. So uh, there's your hint. I'm excited because one, I've never seen the this movie. The only thing that comes to mind is Gone Girl, but we did that already. Yeah, and again, we're going. It's going to be a Hollywood type of thing. Like, we'll we'll get there in like four weeks. But for right now, uh, thank you guys. That's for a lot of weeks. Well, I mean, yeah, we got next <laughs> so four weeks. Like it's tomorrow. <laughs> well, we'll just it'll just be four weeks, guys. Don't worry about it. That'll we, be like you, in. I mean, you saw how fast 100 like episodes came. Like you know, 100 episodes in less than two years. How biggie? Yeah. Good night, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you guys for joining me. And um, we'll end here. Goodbye. Goodbye. Javon says goodbye as well. Just, just <laughs> throw that in there. All right. We'll catch you guys again on the murder board.